huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. Hello and welcome to the Disruptors Podcast. Today's episode is a blast from the past, and we're bringing out one of our most loved interviews from The Vault. Rob has done hundreds of interviews over the life of this podcast, and there's many of you listeners that haven't listened to some of the back catalogue, so this is a hidden gem for some of you. Today's interview is with the critically acclaimed actress, Game of Thrones star, Macy Williams. Macy talks about how she started acting as a kid on Game of Thrones, dealing with the pressure, the expectations, and the fame and the money that comes from acting from such a young age. Obviously, Maisie has gone on to be a critically acclaimed actress, working on many different productions, and she's absolutely smashing it. So let's just get straight into the interview. But remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up, and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, I don't know if you've seen Game of Thrones, or rather, I don't know where you've been living if you haven't seen Game of Thrones. Well, my wife's favorite character on Game of Thrones is Arya Stark. She thinks she's fiery. She even said, oh, Rob, she's disruptive. Uh, And so I thought maybe it'd be good if we could get uh, Maisie Williams on the podcast, who's the actress that plays Arya Stark. And I'll be honest, I didn't really expect that we'd be able to get her as a guest because of how internationally huge she is. But we got lucky. Uh, We reached out to her team and actually her communications manager, Ruben. Hi, Ruben, if you're listening, it's been good to get to know you. Um, He's read my books and he's a fan of my work. And so we had a nice connection there Uh, and we made it happen and we made it happen really quick. Now, I am really excited about this one for you. Now, of course, I'm excited about all the interviews. I'm never going to say, oh, this one's rubbish, but none of them are. But I'm really excited about this one. So Macy Williams is Arya Stark in Game of Thrones. She's appeared on 53 of the episodes. Uh, That's one of the biggest shows of all time. I even naively went into an American Facebook group and said, is Game of Thrones big in America? And they all just went, what are you serious? Where have you been living? So it's just huge all over the world. Now, what I like to do in the podcast is not just talk about their normal stuff and not just ask them the normal questions. So whilst we do talk a bit about Game of Thrones, it's probably only about a quarter of the interview. But we talk about the history and the story of what she did before she landed the role, how she landed the role, about how crazy her life went filming and doing TV shows and being in the movies and being a megastar. Talked about her acting career, her dance career before, how she sees her future, her new company, Daisy 
busy and uh, now as a, a business owner and being part of a team and collaboration. So I like to think it's a very diverse interview, not just about acting, but business, money, happiness from. Uh, there was a lot of banter as well, actually. She actually socked it to me a few times. She's pretty cheeky. Uh, we haven't edited any of it out. There's a couple of parts I would have liked to, uh, but we had a great time. And I hope you will love this interview with Maisie Williams uh, of Game of Thrones. Do you think sometimes like coffee that's really, really strong tastes kind of like gravy? Can we get yeah, that's, that? that's one of yeah, the questions like... that's kept me up <laughs> at night a lot. <laughs> Yesterday I had a coffee and it, I thought, what is that taste? When it's like over-brewed almost, I don't know. Yeah, I shall, again, no. I shall ponder that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like strong coffee though, oh man, it just makes life the best. Mm-hmm. Ruben's um, been asking me for some help because he's read my books and that, and he's been making the point that you're all a young team. Yeah. Making me feel really fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be 40 in six months. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, so I always used to think, like, life is so short and, like, it's really scary that you're running out of time and you've got to get everything done. My mum turned 60 this year, and already in the last, like, what, five months? Like, she's done so much. Yeah. I just think Thanks, mate. plenty of time. Yeah, plenty you're right. That. And so, and you're only 40, so yeah. not yet even. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah. How old are you now? 21. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can just think you need to do everything really fast, can't you? Yeah, and almost that kind of makes life go so much faster because, like, you cram so much in, then before you know it, it's like Christmas again, and you're like, oh, God, there's another year gone, and then... It goes on again. If you just like slow down a bit, enjoy life. Yeah. Don't cram it all in. Drink your gravy. Drink your gravy. Yeah. Walk to yeah. work. Do you have audio on or music when you walk, or do you just? Yeah, I was actually I was listening to a script that I needed to read, but I can't read and walk at the yeah. same time. So I was listening to it for a bit. Yeah. And then just listened to a load of K-pop. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got here. Do you listen to podcasts yourself? I do. Yeah. yeah. Listen to this really weird one at the moment. Go on. You know, um, uh, damn it, why am I going to forget his name? Jason Calacano. Not of him. He's like, he found like six unicorns in the investment world. Like he right. found six companies that in his first year of investing became worth a billion. Yeah. Insane. Hmm. So he's found like six of them and then he like basically does a podcast talking about you know, or it's like an audio book or something, talking yeah. about his journey and like where he came from and how he managed to crack the code of investing and like it's yeah. mental. He's a strange guy, but it's just really interesting. Yeah, that sort of thing would interest me. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of mental. Mm. Also listen to like, I listen to all sorts of podcasts really. Yeah. Listen to them to go to bed because it's not good to look at the screen. No. But I need something. I read yeah. a book sometimes. You know when you're too tired, for a book, but you're too awake to actually go to sleep yet. Yeah, that's what Podcast. Netflix is for, isn't it? No, because then your eyes start oh, to wake true. up because yeah, yeah, there's green. Yeah. So just audio. Yeah. yeah. That helps. Yeah. Cool. Should we get rolling? Then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll yeah. Oh, I'm less like boiling. I didn't. I, didn't I know, it's quite hot. I, I did actually it? think really hard about what to wear. Yeah. I got it wrong big it time. Great. Thank you. Yeah, you look wonderful. One take, one mark. Well, Macy, thanks for doing the interview, the podcast. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Um, <laughs> do you remember the point in your life where you thought, 
this Game of Thrones is going to be massive and I'm a part of it. <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, we're season three and we it was the first year that we did like a premiere for it, for the show. And I, I'd been recognised before and like I'd seen pictures of like Comic-Con, you know. Mm. But it was my first like experience of, of that world and so we were in LA in the Chinese theater which is where the Oscars are held so it was like quite amazing that we were there anyway and then I remember getting out of the car with my mum and there was just like crowds and crowds of people behind barriers and they were all screaming and they all like knew who I was and it was that moment that I was like oh this is pretty big yeah and how did you feel about that terrified (laughs) Yeah. yeah That sort of thing is quite terrifying. I think if you start to think about it too much, you can really just drive yourself a bit crazy. So, because up until that point, I'd kind of been quite separate from it. Like the show were very good at making sure that we were quite protected because it is a minefield out there. So yeah, it was my first time that I'd really sort of been exposed to it. And I'd been so excited. And then all of a sudden it was just like a real moment of like, the responsibility that comes with that, I think. Um, and I was only like 15 or something, but. Yeah, it was it was a real moment where I looked at my mom like, wow, this yeah. is my life is never going to be the same again. <laughs> what is that responsibility that you felt? Um, just not to ruin this amazing opportunity that I've been given. Um, Funny that, isn't it? You're in this amazing position, and yet the default thought is don't ruin don't it. Mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always just felt so incredibly lucky to get to where I am, and like I owe it to myself, and also like where I came from to just really like make the most of this and do right with the voice that I've given and the platform that I have and and like the things that I stand for. I'm in the position where I can really change that and. I think, yeah, it was just, yeah, when it sort of hit home to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that put pressure on you? It sounds like that could put pressure on you. Yeah, I mean, within reason, like, I really tried to keep it in check because otherwise you can... Like, I remember, like, one of the hair ladies um, on Game of Thrones, like, I was talking to her, like, really deeply about, like, you know, fame in the world, and she was like, you can have fun as well, Maze, like... (laughs) And then, so I think I do have to really um, just find the balance between, like, enjoying myself, but also, like, making sure that I'm, I don't know, being (laughs) well-behaved. What is that balance? Um, Going to see my family a lot and, like, remaining grounded. Um, Seeing my friends and, like, taking time off. Taking time off is so important, and it's really exciting when you're a new face in this industry and, and there's new things going on and people want you to be in their movies, but I think like you have to live a normal life yeah. um, and you can't make that your reality forever because it, you will just go crazy. Mm. Um, so yeah, just having, you know, I've been at home for the last couple of weeks, Game of Thrones season seven, eight, finished shooting. Um, so I've been back home and it's just been really nice being with my dog, you know, like going for walks every day and like him looking after him and like him being the most important thing and it not just being all about you all the time um just finding that balance between a normal life and like the crazy industry yeah and when you say the crazy industry forgive some of these questions because (laughs) most listeners will just have no concept of what your life is right no concept whatsoever so (laughs) yeah um, i feel like it's my job to try and find out what that's like Mm. um so you know this crazy life this crazy world you know that that Mm. world of celebrity and fame and and being recognized everywhere what is crazy about it because i think that's a lot of people's dream but you know (laughs) um i think 
I just sort of see myself as quite a regular person. So like when you are informed every day of like, there's a car that comes and picks you up and it takes you to the airport and then there's a person that greets you there and they take you to check your bag in and they help you with that and then they take you to the airplane and then you get in your seat and then you sit there and someone brings you food and then you live this life where people are just managing you and you make no decisions for yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's like amazing and these cars are beautiful and, and like it's exciting of course I don't want to like make it all doom and gloom because it is lovely um, but it's like if you make that your reality constantly when you are left like an afternoon alone in London you're like I don't know how to live a life because no one's being like oh it's your pick up for this now and now it's time to eat lunch and or you can't go to the bathroom yet and you know like you, it is it's just it's a strange world um of course, like very exciting, but I just think with within moderation. Mm. Um, Is that uh, suffocating sometimes? Um, well, not if you keep it within moderation. Mm. <laughs> I think it could get very suffocating. Um, I do think of myself as quite independent, um, so you know that can just get a bit much sometimes when you're working on something for like six months and every day someone tells you when then you've got to get up in the morning and you do the, your hair and makeup and they tell you when you can have your lunch and then take you back home again and then you go to the same restaurant every night and you know it can just get a little bit much like it's nice to have your independence and be able to just be like i'm gonna to go to france tomorrow and yeah. go on holiday <laughs> and is that you think Sorry, I moved my phone because I realise I'm cooking it here. It's like yeah. 50 degrees, it's isn't it? It's very hot out and here. And all the steel is just like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, I just... I would love to get a sense of how you manage your time. Okay. Um, because I think when things go well for people, you know, you can feel like you need to cash in, you need to take all the opportunities you've got. Soon yeah. enough, your diary is so full but you sound like you get the balance of, you know, when you're on set and doing it, you're all in, but then, you know, you take some time away as well. So is that yeah. a conscious thing of you to push some opportunities back? Because yeah. I, I bet you, you could book your diary out for the rest of your life mm. if you wanted to. Yeah, I think I could. And I think only because I've done that before, um, and oh, I just don't... Done, overdone it, you mean? Yeah, like I've like worked solidly for like two years at a time and like just gone from one job to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, and I just like, for my, it's not good for me. I don't know, I can't do that. It makes me sad a little bit, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And yeah. it sounds like I sound ungrateful and no, I don't mean to be, it's just honest. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, not, I need to have a break sometimes. Um, and uh, what's been really nice about starting Daisy is like I've, achieved all of this with my career and now I'm like so excited about having a nine-to-five job in an office yeah. it's actually really lovely and I think um having yeah just the balance between those two is really important um yeah just what I learned from myself like you know it's very exciting being offered all of these roles but if you're jeopardizing like how you feel to like keep going and keep working you know I just don't think it's worth it um and I am in the position now where I can pick and choose and um, I choose to spend some of my time seeing my family <laughs> and, you know, just living a normal life. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm just keep repeating myself. I'm really sorry. No, I, you're, I not, hope, you're definitely, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll try, I'll, I'm I'll try and um, ask you some questions maybe you haven't been asked before. You're not repeating yourself okay. um, to me. No, you're absolutely good, fine. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, I, I'm also conscious. I don't want to ask you a load of questions you've been asked a million times. No, actually, it's quite nice to go into detail about this because I think people just sort of like 
ask about it and then like don't ever really listen to the answers so it's quite nice that you're really trying to find the truth yeah and I think people in your position, let's say the word successful, very successful, mm. you have certain causes which you, um, y- you know, you stand up for, and I'm, I'm sure you'll talk about some of them, but mm-hmm. being able to actually say to people what it's like to be overworked, what it's like to be in the limelight, yeah, it, you know, that's not often really shared, is it? Yeah, I'm going to challenge what you said there, because I think that... That's all right, we'll edit it out, <laughs> so you can say, no, go on. Go. I think that success... I judge your success on your happiness. Um, My sister doesn't have a career. She works, um, but she also looks after two children. And I would say that she's incredibly successful. Um, And I think that that is based upon like how you're doing within yourself. Um, That's what makes you successful. So, you know, doing less acting roles, it wouldn't be like being less successful because actually it makes me happier. You know, I think I think that's what's most important. Because um, I, you know, I have many friends within this industry, but I also don't, and I never see myself as being more successful because I am. Mm. Um, I think that that's just completely false. Yeah. Okay. I I accept that you challenged <laughs> me, and I, I let me throw one back at you. Yeah. So imagine your life down a different route. Yeah. Where you didn't turn up for that in that um casting and you didn't get your big role um do you think you'd have been as happy as you are and who you are and where you are do you think your life would have been very different i mean my life would have been completely different um i think i'd probably still be living in london but i'd be like a struggling dancer that's make like working like paycheck to paycheck and and make you happier than you are now i mean if i you know had a loving family which i still would Mm. yeah it wouldn't make me happier or less happy i think Yeah, I think yeah, it's I, not a loaded question. Just, no, no, yeah, I don't. I don't think that the perks of what come with the job that I have now make me any happier than if they weren't. The, yeah. They they didn't come with the job that I have now. I right. think yeah. I'm happy because I enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, and um, uh, I have an amazing family and great friends. Mm. Cool. Um, <laughs> one of the questions I wanted to ask you towards the end, but I'm going to ask you now yeah. because it's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you first, and then if I've got time, I'll chuck my um, two pence in. Um, Now that you have more money than, let's assume, your other path where you may have been a struggling dancer, Mm -hmm. does the money bring extra happiness and contentment and security, or do you just say it's irrelevant? Um, I think it definitely brings more security for me and my family, Um, and for everyone. I don't, I try to share that as much as possible. Um, I like to be able to do nice things, but I think that they're not worth anything if you're doing them on your own. I think experiences are about shared experiences. So anytime that I can really include people, I think that that's so important. Yeah. Um, but happiness, um, no. <laughs> I don't think that it makes you more happy. I think the things that you get to do make me happy. But if I couldn't if do them, the I wouldn't money. be less happy. Yeah. Like, I just think um, it's amazing to be able to provide for my family and for my mother the way that they she provided for me for so long. Um, but that doesn't make her love me anymore or doesn't make me any happier. Uh, it's just something amazing that comes with you know giving up everything when I was 12 and working for the last decade nearly decade of my life and forfeiting 
lots of friendships and, and lots of opportunities at being, you know, a teenager. And what comes with that is this paycheck, which is a phenomenal. And, um, but I don't think that makes you any happier. Mm. Okay. Just what comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, as a creative person, that's my words, you might choose to use different words, whether it's your dance, yeah. your acting, your business, you know, Daisy, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. Um, what in that process makes you feel fulfilled? Is it the process of being able to do it? Is it the achievement of hitting a level or a show? Or yeah. Just talk about that. I think it's different in everything. I think what I love about it the most um, and what drew me to performing and creating, I guess, um, I'm the youngest of four, um, and growing up and going to school, like I was just always a show <laughs> Like a real, like I just love to perform and I love to make people laugh. And even if that was at the expense of my, like, I don't know, my dignity, like I just wanted to make people laugh. I wanted to make people happy with like performing. And I was in school plays and I used to go to dance classes and I loved the performances of that. and something about being on the stage and being watched and, and, and what I was doing that w- would bring people happiness that I've just always really enjoyed. So, you know, it's very different in film because you don't have an audience that are watching you and like clapping along, like it's not like that. But I guess, you know, when it comes out and the fans are so excited for it and just knowing that it's gonna be enjoyed by people, um, that's what I love about performing and creating. Um, and so with Daisy, you know, that's kind of different again because it is a very different sort of job. But in order, my sort of role in it is to um, do sort of talks and, and interviews like we're doing right now. And so, you know, to be able to get my point across and, and I, this is sort of just where my strengths lie, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't shut up. No, that's all right. <laughs> that, that suits a podcast quite nicely. <laughs> so tell us about Daisy then because I, I, one thing I wanted to not do and this might just be my baggage and issues, but I did want to sit here and ask you a load of questions you've been asked by the, the mainstream media all the time. You're doing a good job so far you. at not that's, doing that's that. That's good, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, tell us about Daisy and your your social media, commercial enterprises yeah. and what you do in that. So it started out, my friend Dom, he came to me and he said, there's a huge issue with the way that people enter into the acting industry. And I could see it because I... What is that issue? Do you want to wait for that? Sorry. <laughs> oh, we can. I, I can keep going. Um, uh, there's no, like, route in. And um, it's just very hard to be discovered. And and the uh, the route in is just, like, a very fickle one. And if, unless you have, like, an amazing opportunity the way that I did and you get slingshot to the top or, you know, you're one person with and get your foot in the door and then you work and you you know, annoy enough people so as you get remembered for the next person. And, you know, it, it just, we thought it needed to be a better system. Um, but it's the system that we got. So we were like, how do we do this? Like, what do we, what do we do? And then we thought, well, why don't we make like a LinkedIn for creative people, like for the arts? Yeah. Um, I love the way you then, did that when you, the arts. yeah, you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> but then we sort of ran into the issue of, Creative people don't want to have to like market themselves and like this is what I've done. Well, I think that's debatable. I think that, you know, your career can come as a byproduct of the work that you're already creating. 
Um, you don't have to say I'm the best person for that job. But you can show what you've done and let people make their mind up about you as an artist mm. and let that speak for, for what you do. Do you think that's, and forgive me for challenging you, but no. you started it, so. <laughs> do you think that some people might think, well, that's okay for Maisie to say? But there are a lot of really good artists and creatives out there that are good and aren't getting seen. Should, yeah, that's what I mean. How do they get seen? <laughs> By using Daisy. <laughs> no. Um, it, we basically wanted to create uh, somewhere which was solely for uh, artists. And I mean, I'll go back a little bit because at the beginning it was just for, you know, the film industry. And then upon speaking to more people, you realize how blurred the lines are between these industries. So we launched in film, fashion, music, photography, art and literature because they all inspire one another. Mm. Um, because I started as a dancer, that's how I, I, you know, began my journey into being a performer and then I realized that acting is actually what I want to be doing and I think, you know, people aren't even given the option to try different things out before they have to decide on their career and then, you know, either they get an opportunity or they don't and they have to give up their dreams, etc. So, I think, you know, having a place where people can collaborate with one another on a much simpler level than like making huge big Hollywood movies or, you know, recording a, a song for like Universal, is Universal a song music company? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. A big label. Yeah. <laughs> a big label, right, yeah. So it's a place where you, we can just strip it right back and you can collaborate with people who are much more on the level that you are where you're all just trying to figure it out and you want to you know, create opportunities for yourself and people can't even look at a portfolio that you have because no one's given you the opportunity to get a credit yet. So if you can work with one another and create your own pieces of art within Daisy and, and use the community to help propel you further as an artist, uh, without having to wait around for someone in like a gilded gate to give you an opportunity to say okay you're good enough to come and be on this movie now yeah. or you know to have your own show at fashion week um, for people to be able to work with one another you know the same way that people are connecting with people all around the world because of the beauty of social media yeah. um, we wanted to take the generation that is like most well connected and be able to give them a tool which would help them with a career within the creative arts yeah. something that just never existed before and you know even as an actor there's a there's a database called Spotlight, which basically looks like a website for missing children because it's like a little picture and then your height and your eye color and your hair color. Um, and that's like, you know, it, it used to be like a directory and now they have like an online database and like everyone's desperate to go on Spotlight, but you can't judge talent that way. Um, and it, you know, no one's any better off at finding the next new, hot, exciting thing. Um, and that's all anyone wants to do. So if we can sort of create something which just is, works far better and people want to use because they want to use it and you give that power back to the creator rather than, you know, having it micromanaged by people who, you know, can judge talent. Um, yeah. I just think that that's far more exciting and just the way that the world is going anyway. Yeah. And do you have any plans beyond just getting creative people to be able to collaborate and get their work out to the world? Is it designed to connect the powers yeah, so, that be with them? Or? So at the moment, a V1 uh, is just an app on the iPhone. And V1 was about establishing the community. So people do that through their phones. People connect through their phones. So that's why we launched the app. Um, and then moving forward in the future of Daisy, V2 becomes far more about uh, the collaboration. Um, so 
we have this like sort of idea for like a GitHub for creatives. I'm not sure if you're familiar with GitHub. No. So GitHub is um, it's a place where people can share and edit each other's code. Um, and so many people get jobs through that because they're they discovered have run out through domain Git. names if they've called it GitHub. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, I think there's, there's something called Git as well, and then there's something called GitHub, right. and they work sort of simultaneously. Yeah. So, but you can you can you know write a piece of code and then you can fork it and someone could say like well add a little piece to it and then you can either merge it with what you're already doing or you can you know decline and and then you know someone else can create their own little web but you can continue on the path that you're already doing yeah. so we wanted to take that idea and put it into like so say creating a film you know you have a concept you have an idea you're a writer you have this idea and this artist goes, hey, this character's really interesting. I've just drawn this little picture of what I think that they would look like. And they go, wow, this is really great. And then a musician comes in and goes, actually, I'd love them to be like the character that I'll use for my music video because I've just recorded this song and like I'm trying to get it out there and trying to, you know, create a bigger um, like style for the song. So, you know, let's make this into, and you find an animator and they come on and say, well, I can animate this for you. Like, what do you want the story to be? And then the writer comes back. And so using one another and using creative people that aren't necessarily, um, you know, we're expect, when you're just starting out, you're expected to like be able to market yourself and, and, and everything else. But if you can use the people around you to propel what you're already doing further, and then someone else then has this beautiful video that they've animated and, uh, you know, you can help you as well as help them further in their career. And yeah. I just think to be able to connect those people, um, and uh, introduce people to uh, other artists that they may not otherwise be able to meet can really help with, with your career. Mm. And have you planned beyond that, the commercial side of it? Is it gonna be a philanthropic venture or is it gonna be a commercial venture? Um, I mean, it's something that we're in discussion with at the moment. There is no um, monetary plan. Um, Cause we didn't even realize we were gonna be doing this until we were, you know, it wasn't something that, like I, we went out to, to raise money in uh, San Francisco and, and lots of the people were like, so how many startups are you making? And I was like, I, you know, I only just realized that I'm making a startup now. Like it was just an idea that we thought we could maybe have an answer to and, and then it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling and now we're here and Daisy has launched. Um, so I think that it's just been surprising the whole time. Um, so the future for Daisy is, is bright, but uh, not necessarily set in stone. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what um, lured you to go to Silicon Valley to try and raise money? Um, was it to try and raise money or did you just want to go and have a look? Yeah, well, so we went, we were meeting with venture capitalists here in London as well. Um, but because we don't have like a uh, monetization plan, um, it's, it's quite scary for people to invest in, um, particularly in the UK as well. They want to see your like plan for yeah, how you're going to yeah. make money. And it's not something that we want to roll out uh, yeah. in the near future anyway. Mm. So that's when why when you go to... Silicon Valley, they understand that a lot more. Um, and they're, you still see it as like a, being a, an investment opportunity, um, even if you don't necessarily, aren't you know, making any money. Um, like I think Twitter only recently started going back on the incline. Yeah. Um, it's just the way it goes, mm. I think. So um, yeah, that's why we went. Mm. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I find really interesting. I think that when people start an app, a tech business, whatever, I almost feel like they assume they need to go to 
VCs, investors to raise money. Mm. Why didn't you think, well, I'll just self-fund it and then I don't have to give away any of the profits and I can do what I want with it and I'm not beholden to anyone? Yeah, so... Or did you think that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we did for, the, for a while. We did our... Um, I forget what all of the different rounds are called but you basically do one where you self-fund it me and my partner Don we went 50-50 in on it um, and we started the company and then we raised money within friends and, friends and family and you give away little pieces of yeah. the company myself and Don we wanted to be 50-50 in this forever it makes for a much more healthy work relationship yeah um, so yeah I could have just gone and funded this second round myself if I wanted to and I was asked that as well but it's just something that we don't want to do right but also what comes with people investing in you um, they own part of your company but they also want success for you mm. so they can help you and they can yeah. connect you with people that have done it before so people that have invested in us um, they have so many contacts like we're currently growing the team and if we hadn't had the investors that we do have, we wouldn't be able to get the attention of these incredible engineers and designers and developers um, that we want to come and work on Daisy because we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't have a connection with them. So there's a lot of other things that come uh, with it rather than just money. It's not yeah. just about that. Um, so the amount of support and, and the amount that we've learned from these people and um, the amount that they've really just sort of pushed us further has been far more valuable than the money. Um, and uh, it's the advice, yeah, that you also get. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, not all money is the same value. People assume money is the same value. A pound is a pound. Mm. But if a pound comes from someone with an agenda or a pound comes from someone with experience and contacts, mm. no two pounds are the same. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the money goes to the company. It's not like we're raising money to pay ourselves. The money goes all to the company and, and we need to know how to use that wisely and push the company further. And what better than to talk to people who have done it a million times before? Mm. Well million times they wouldn't need to be a VC anymore no. <laughs> <laughs> so have you enjoyed this new commercial world of building businesses and, and learning what comes with that yeah I have it's very different and I'm learning so much and um it's been it's been really strange like you'd think having like a celebrity endorsement actually is like great and everyone's really excited about it but the track record sort of shows that just because it's celebrity endorsed, it doesn't actually mean that it does well. Um, and that's what everyone kept saying to me. And they were like, it's really great that you're in this show, but what makes you think that you can make a startup? Um, which is fair enough. And it's true. And I think that, you know, I've just had to listen to those people and really just knuckle in and, and learn more about what I'm... I really want to get rid of that wasp yeah. in your head, but I don't want to hit you in the face. Don't hit me in the face. <laughs> it's okay, he's gone. Um, the great idea now. was this to do it outside. <laughs> I've so lost about hot. 14 stones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, you know, someone said to me, like, it's quite good to have a chip on your shoulder, you know, and, it, and I do a little bit because I'm like, I'm going to prove these mm. people wrong that yeah. just because I'm a stupid actor doesn't mean that I can't do this. Mm. Um, and it's something that I'm passionate about and it's something that I'm willing to work at. So, yeah, I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder from, from you know, working in this world but it's exciting and mm. and i'm i'm just you know thrilled to have nine to five yeah yeah, yeah. great <laughs> fun. Yeah. and you sound like you're enjoying being part of a team because i think yeah. a lot of people when they start a business they have this maybe not you but a lot mm. of, certainly a lot of people they have this vision of freedom and autonomy i can do what i want i don't have a boss i don't have anything to answer to. yeah and often tell them if you lose all that well you've got nothing you've got no accountability you've got nothing to get up in yeah. the morning for and that can be a bit hard for people yeah the and you sound like you get a bit of buzz 
working with the team. I do. I absolutely love the team and it's been so exciting growing it as well and, and really sitting down and thinking who's going to work with us and who's going to work within the office and we don't want to lose. It's been like six of us up until this point. Like We don't want to lose that sense of like real um, family because uh, it's kind of what's you know made Daisy what it is now. And so, yeah, I just love it. I mean, I've always been a very social person and I've always been very good like within a team. So to be able to have a group of people that are all like really excited about the same thing and all want success for the company that you've you know started, it's all you could ever really ask for. People that want it to succeed. Yeah. It's just a very healthy environment. Um, because there are times when I wake up in the morning and I just think, what am I doing? This is insane. Like this is, this is the potential to be so huge and you know, I'm an actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in those moments, it's amazing to have a team of people that are all going, no, we're going to do this. And there's a, there's a gap for what we're trying to achieve. And um, just because it's hard doesn't mean that you should stop and quit and give mm. up. So yeah, it's just lovely. Mm. And do you ever think about the, the time opportunity cost. So like you said, you're an actor. Mm. You could be doing a lot of acting, you could be doing some yeah. big stuff, but you've got this little baby that needs your attention. Yeah, um, well it really helps with what I was saying earlier about um, about taking time out. Um, I mean, you don't want to take time out and do absolutely nothing because that also drives you insane and you feel like you don't have a purpose in the world and you can't get up in the morning and like, you know. So I think having Daisy is, you know, in those moments when I'm not acting and I'm um, being able to just have a regular life and walk here, go to the office and then walk home and take my dog for a walk and you know, I think that slots in very nicely with you know, um, what I'm sort of looking for it, it, within the year, the balance that I want. So um, yeah, to, to take time off but you know, still be doing Daisy I think is important. Yeah, cool. And um, once you've got your head round, what Game of Thrones meant. Yeah. Once you kind of finally figured out how big it was and what it meant for your life. Mm -hmm. Did you have any kind of vision of where you wanted your career to go? And let me just set this question up a little mm. bit while we have your water. Could we get another bottle? Is that all right? Um, like, I'm lucky enough, I'm, I know a lot of successful people, a lot of people in the sort of celebrity limelight, and I see some people who will just take every opportunity, go and do everything, mm. every gig, every endorsement, whatever else. And I can partly understand that because maybe when they're 30 or 40, they may not be able to do this anymore. You mm -hmm. know, you might, they may not have a hundred years right, of success. Right. So I can sometimes understand if you get your moment, you turn yeah. down, you take every opportunity. And mm -hmm. then it sounds like you're being more planned, more strategic, you're not, you're not rushing in, you're not yeah. you know, taking everything that you, you can take. So did you have a conscious, this is how I'm gonna play the game now, where I'm gonna take my career? Or did you just, like a wave, let it take you where it took you? Um, I don't think that, that yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I don't think that there is a formula to do it right, you know, to, uh, of how to handle your career. Um, for me, I've been given advice to like never stop, never stop, because I'll forget about you. And I've also been given advice like, Take your time because mm. you can't just keep doing job after job and do them well because you'll end up just, mm. you know, people need months and months of rehearsal and practice and preparation before they can, you know, play a role. So I've been given all sorts of advice and I think, um, I don't think, e like, you know, either way of doing it is right or wrong. Um, I just think, you know, when I was younger, it was very exciting and I thought, like, I'm never going to stop. Like, this is where my happiness is and I don't want to ever do anything else. 
and then I just, you know, change. And maybe I'll change again. Like, who knows, in five years' time, I might not want to act at all ever again and I'll just do Daisy or the other way around. Yeah. I can't see that happening. But I think that just at the moment, um, now that I'm not contracted into a show for six years, um, and I, you know, I'm just starting signing contracts again and figuring out, you know, what I want to be tied into. I just think taking some space uh, from that is, you know, what I want. And I don't think I'll ever, like, stop. And I feel like there'll be dry spells within the acting world. Um, I think they'll come quite naturally. And I think, you know, that's why people do go into these different gear shifts of their life because that's what, the way the industry sort of pushes them and pulls them. But at the moment when things could be really busy, like, it's not like I'm stopping at all. Like, I've still got two movies that I've shot a few years ago that haven't come out yet. So, you know, the, the cycle of working... Uh, uh, airing and then also like promoting like it's a you can be doing all three at once you know while you're promoting something you're shooting something else and then you know got something on the back burner that's coming out in two months and it can work like that um, without you actually having to be solidly working yeah yeah, so I, I feel like I just babble phrases. No, you but didn't. I you. <laughs> but I, I yeah. think that, yeah, just taking this space um, doesn't, uh, like doing less doesn't necessarily mean that I, you know, won't be out there as much uh, sure. because that's sort of just the way that the industry is. And I think you just got to be good at timing. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive me if I get this wrong, but no. um, didn't you know in advance how many season series of Game of Thrones was going to be? Yeah, so... Do you think that helps well, you sort plan of... beyond? Because sometimes I guess people are doing a show and they don't really know when they're going to be out and then they're kind of out. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I signed a six-year contract when I was 12, um, so I knew it was going to be six seasons. Does that not <laughs> even like, make you... That is surreal, isn't it? Sounds yeah, but I don't know, like, at the beginning, I would have paid them for me to be in it. Like, I was so excited, and, and it was... So I, I, and I never regretted it. Um, but people sort of go, like, so would you sign another six-year contract? And I'm like, well, um, no, I don't think I would. Not yet, not right now. Um, so I just think... And then it ended up being, like, eight years, and that was fine because I wanted to finish sort of telling the story. But I think, like, having come out of that, and I'm now 21, like, I'm so different to the girl that I was when I was 12. <laughs> like, it was the biggest change ever. Yeah. I just think, like, I don't know who I'm going to be, like, in the next six years. And, and, like, right now, I'd rather be able to take every... Like, make every decision as it comes rather than be sort of, like, stuck in something. Yeah. Um, not that it was horrible and not that I regret it and not that I didn't enjoy myself and it was I would I would do it again if I was in that position when I was that age. Um, but just, you know, moving forwards, just have a bit of space for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said before we... Don't you know what we're doing here? Yeah. <laughs> um, you said before we started about um, your mum turning 60 and therefore... You know, um, talking about she's got time. We've all got more time than we think. Mm. You were giving me advice before my 40th <laughs> birthday. Um, that, that really seems to come across from you, like you're not in a rush. When I was 21, forget, I, I didn't want to say when I was 21. I said to myself when I got all the way on the train, I will not say when I was 21, and I just did, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> so when I was 21, I was in such a rush for everything. Everything was a panic. It was a rush. Mm. And you, you seem like the opposite. You seem very wise. You seem like you're not in a rush. But I don't think it's always been like, that I think this is actually quite like it is since the show has ended like I've really tried to not do that because I did that already yeah, maybe and like 50 in normal years because of what you went through in the show <laughs> yeah. because I was running at a million miles an hour mentally um 
Yeah, like I, I don't, I, it's not, that doesn't come easy to me. Like I'm really trying to consciously be like that because I tried moving at a million miles an hour and it just was really stressful when I blinked and six years had passed and I was like, okay, I'm gonna not do that anymore and I'm gonna take time. And also like my nephew, he's two, he's nearly three. And um, like he's not my kid, but like they, when you see like three years ago where I was sort of mentally and then I see how much he's grown up in three years, like and how much of that time I missed, you know, it really, you can, it's like, yeah. like marking your height on the wall. Like I can see it, you know, see, I can see what three years does. Um, and I just don't want to do that. And my niece has just been born. And I just think like, like, I want to be with my family and I want to be with my sister. And that's what is really important. And those are the things that you can't go back and do again. Um, so I just, yeah, I'm, I don't think it comes like easily to be that way. Um, it's just something that I'm trying out. Maybe I'll hate it. Maybe in six months I'll go, I'm going to go back and yeah. <laughs> be the other way. But I'm just, yeah, I'm trying it out. And I think that, um, the moment it's been really nice to just like stop and breathe and really take life in and be like, okay. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, so when you were talking about you do movies that you did two, three years ago and then you've got you got to wait and they're not out and mm. then the cycle of promotion, mm. that's a really alien concept to me. Yeah. So um, I've written a few books uh, and if my publisher... Written a few books. Yeah, I, I, I sound like a dick. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't no, like they're amazing books. Oh, no, <laughs> I've no, written no. a couple of books, yeah. yeah. Um, I've, written, I've written 14, there you go. I, was, I, I won't... Yeah. Um, and like when it goes to the publishers, I'm like, right, so let's get it out next week because I've done it, I'm ready, I'm in the yeah. moment, come on, I'm mm -hmm. excited about it. I feel like six, nine months I'll be on to something else. Yeah. Like, is, there a, is that an, a weird thing to like a film she did years ago coming out? Yeah, absolutely, because also there is like, there's such a like trend of what's good, mm. you know? And I read this story and I shot this film. I read this story maybe like three or four years ago, shot this film. To last year, two years ago, I don't know, and it's kind of coming out soon. And since then and now, like the the, the themes it's of the story, yeah. like the themes of the story, like there's been a million movies that have come out like it. So, and you can't help it. Uh, it's just the way that it sort of goes. Um, but yeah, like that sort of thing is kind of frustrating sometimes. Um, That's why I love having my own business because if I want to market something tomorrow. You can do that. Bosh. Yeah, can, get it out. Move that because, like, like you said, timing and trends, they don't stay forever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I've just sort of got into producing movies as well and, like, even little things. Like, you read an article and you think, God, like, that would be a really great film. And then literally two months later, it's, like, on deadline and they're like, so-and-so is making a movie about this guy. <laughs> You're like, oh, right, yeah, someone picked it up and really, like, ran with it very fast. So I think it just does move quickly like that. Um, and, you know, the process of making a movie isn't that fast. So it is difficult. Um, but I mean, there's nothing that I, it doesn't keep me up at night. It's no. not my problem. No, you're, you're not that bad. <laughs> I'm having fun making the film and, um, you know, yeah. I still, just because there's been, a, you know, other movies made like it, I still love the film for the same reasons that I did when I started making yeah. it. Um, and so I can still promote it. Uh, it's just other people that go like, oh, they're just making another one of those types of films. And mm. yeah, it's, it's just, you can't let that get to you, I mm. don't think. So if I'm reading this right, you're able to disassociate what you did with what it means to who you are as a person. Yeah. I.e., you're not better a person or worse a person if that film that you did three years ago succeeds or not. You're still yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's important, isn't it? Yeah, completely. And, like, I think, like, your career, it's got to be about having fun. Like, there's films that I've done that I've just had a really wonderful time doing. Mm. And... 
because it is such a crazy life, like, I want to look back and just remember all of the really fun things that I did. And, and like, you know, there is tactical decisions that you make as an actor, but I think you can't, you can't let it all be about that because... I think it would just be miserable. Um, when you say tactical decisions, what do you mean? Strategic well, roles? Yeah, like play. trying to play films that are going to do really well. And like, it's, it's such... It must be a lot of... I've made beautiful movies that just, they didn't get picked up. Or they didn't get, you know... Mm. And it's it's a shame. Um, so, and you never really know what's going to happen. Like, people make movies. Like, So I just watched this movie called The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Um, I think it's going to do incredibly. But they made that movie for like a million dollars, which is like nothing. And they did it because they all wanted to be there and they all loved it. And I can imagine that shoot being really, really stressful. Yeah. But like, then you've got this incredible film and you just never know where, which way movies are going to go like that. So you can't spend your time trying to just make the right decision. You've got to do things because you enjoy them. And then if they do amazingly, then it's just beautiful. And it's like the cherry on top. And if they don't, then it doesn't matter because you had the, a great time doing it. Yeah. Um, I just think that that is the way I try to make decisions anyway. Will I have fun? Yes, no. Yeah, yeah well, that's, a, that's a good measure because then there'll be no regret, will there? Yeah. If you're trying to time what the best film is, there'll be regret if it's not the best Exactly. Film, if which it becomes a lot of them are. Yeah, yeah, and lots of things don't get seen. Millions of movies are made all the time and they don't get watched and no one sees them and they don't get good distribution and, you know, it's a shame and that's the way it sort of goes. And I think that if you're making decisions for a much deeper reason than just because if they're going to do well, then, then you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Cool, so... Um, I feel like I am going to get a little sunburn. You're going to have I'm, a one-sided tan. I'm a little... I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> my friends! I went home and I saw my friends from back home in Bristol and they were like, have you been enjoying the sun? Because you're so pale. <laughs> I'm scared of it. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> Maybe we should swap and then we'll get like... We won't both have a one-sided tan. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm, gonna, I'm getting it on this you're side. You're getting on that side. Yeah. I'm going to cover it. Yeah. Put my curtain across. <laughs> <laughs> cool, so I've got a couple of questions about um, just your sort of life before yeah great Game of Thrones yeah so um, I know you're well into dance you know but a lot of people who listen to this podcast don't know that was your, yeah. your thing mm -hmm. um, is that still your passion your hobby dancing you still love it yeah absolutely um, I've been taking a couple of classes recently like more sort of like yogury type things but like movement nonetheless and I've been really really enjoying getting back in touch with like that physicality and um, getting flexible again because I used to be so flexible and then I just stopped because if I couldn't dance and I didn't want to do anything and I was a bit of a like I threw a bit of a tantrum about it like internally um, so now I'm like just you know, within Can moderation. Just jump in there. Yeah. Sorry. Isn't it interesting how you'll take a film and just have fun, but you won't dance for fun unless you're perfect at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really, really true. And I need to like just not do that because mm. it's stupid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so, I really just tried to get back into it again. And now having more free time, it's really, yeah. really nice doing that. And Ruben, who you've been talking to, we both mm. do a lot of yoga, so we're like, we'll do it together. We'll get up in the morning, we'll go to yoga, and then we'll go to the office. Yeah. So it definitely helps nice. having a buddy. Yeah. Like oh, that. God, yeah. Gym, training. Yeah, I'm work. like telling my flatmate, I'm like, you want to come to yoga with me? He's like, absolutely not. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so it is good to have someone who like does that with you. Yeah, yeah. cool. So that's what you wanted to do, I guess, when you were young, and then you landed mm -hmm. this whopping great role. <laughs> so talk us through how you landed it. So I, um, I started oh, going to sorry, the... Sorry, I got just a cramp in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were falling off the chair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not nice. You we need to eat more bananas. You know, there's actually a um, little shop around the corner. If you buy a coffee, you get a free banana. Just do and that on the way out. Bananas get rid of cramp. Bananas get rid of cramp. Yeah, potassium. Wow. Yeah. 
I was doubts, don't you know? <laughs> not, not just good for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I even know where you can get them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I started, I really loved dancing and I went to a local dance school called Susan Hill School of Dancing in Bradstock and I used to take so many different classes. I did ballet, tap, street, modern and musical theatre and everything. And then I started going to these like auditions for stage schools to like go and like train. Um, and I also did an audition for like a talent show where you could meet like agents and um, like representatives who could like make you a star. So I went to the audition, which was just in like in Bath near where I grew up. And um, I got into the talent show, but it was in France and like we didn't have a lot of money and I'm like one of four kids. And my mom was like a single mom for a long time. But my grandparents paid for me to go. And because they did, my mum was like, right, it's a week out of school. Your grandparents paid for you to go. Like, let's make the most of it. We'll enter into everything. So I did singing, dancing, modeling, acting. I like entered into it all. And I did like adverts as well. And, and you basically went and you did all of these classes and like, they sort of trained you and at the end of the week you do a big talent show and then you like show yourself off in front of all of these VIPs and like they'd all like make you a star. And it, it, I think I'm the only person that really got a job out of it to be honest with you. It, it wasn't very well organised and it was kind of you know, a bit higgledy-piggledy. And I went to this acting seminar, I did improvisation which is um, non-scripted work and I had the best time and I loved it and I really enjoyed it and I met this woman called Louise and she said like if the, if the end of this week no one has signed you to an agency for acting I've started an agency and I'd like you to come and be part of it but if someone else offers you then go with them because mine's only small but you know at the end of the week of course no one had signed me and she said right okay well I'm gonna sign you and you're gonna you know come and do some auditions I didn't really know what that meant and I didn't really want to do it because I wanted to be a dancer and this was my dream and she said well we'll just do it on the side you know if it's something something comes up we'll go to an audition and, and you can still be an, a dancer and so we did and then my second audition was for Game of Thrones wow. and then I got the part and then how do you feel telling that story <laughs> like I every time I tell it I think it is just crazy yeah. like it's just crazy how all this happened and I yeah and then I all of a sudden I was on set and I was at the pilot episode and you know I'd learnt my lines and I was on set with Kit Harrington and he was like I don't know 21 the age I am now when I'm finishing and mm. You know, I thought he was so grown up and so mature and now I'm 21 and I'm like, oh, he was just winging it too. Like no one knows what they're actually doing in life. And I just had the best time. And then I got picked up to the full series and I fell in love with Aria and fell in love with the story that I had to tell. And mm. it just sort of grew. And then season three came around and that's when I realized that, oh, this is my life now. So yeah, it just, it was like the stars really aligned for me. That is, for and me, is the coolest story. <laughs> and I just, I just think people should always keep the dream alive that that could happen for them. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Because you went, and you went for a week, and yeah, you got a bit of help from your yeah. grandparents and your, and your yeah. mum, but you went and you, you tried everything. You just yeah. gave it a go. So yeah. like, it's not all luck. No, my mum, like, this is the thing, like, my mum was just, she saw a good opportunity for me, and she knew that I had something and she has only ever provided me with more opportunities to just run for my dreams and it's all I can ever ask for and I'm so lucky to have a parent who is so supportive because so many people don't mm. and so many people that is like their point of call for like is this a right decision or a bad decision 
I think my mum has only ever been so supportive that I've only ever felt like the sky is the limit, like yeah. because of her. And um, I just am so grateful for that. And I think, you know, had I, had I not had that, I don't think I would be as ambitious as I am. And it is such a shame. And so I think, to, you know, it's okay to have these crazy dreams because they're not crazy and yeah. it does happen and your life does change. And, and I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with your mum, certainly my parents were the same. Our parents didn't let us believe that there were limits or restrictions. So, mm. you know, they never pushed us down. They yeah. always made us believe. And there are a lot of people whose parents have done the opposite and pushed yeah, them Yeah, and it's not even purposefully, I don't no, think. I think sometimes people just Fear. worry. Yeah. yeah, and that's completely fine as well. Mm. And like, I mean, I don't have all the answers for all of these things, but like, you know, yeah. it, it was, I, it, that was detrimental to the success that I have now. Mm. And I, I think the point I'd like to make on that, even if people, watching, listening, have had people, parents, authority, impressionable people in their life that sort of made them believe they can't. You still can believe you can, listening Absolutely. to people like you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man, I got a little goosey bump here <gasps> you that story. Good. Uh, you know, like, that, that's the human story. That's something that everybody could hold true in their life could happen to them one day. Mm -hmm. um, if they have fun, yeah. if they play full out, if they take the opportunities that are there. Yeah, and I think, like, because I am so young and I am, you know... Don't rub it in. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Because <laughs> I'm so young, it's really hard for me. Um, <laughs> but I think that... I think it's very easy for people to say, well, it's easy for you to say because you've got all this success. But like, I think a lot of people don't know the full story of that. And it's like, well, I, you know, I am from a world where it, this is crazy that I have this success. So I think I'm the prime example of that. Like, it happened to me, you know? So it can happen to anyone. Yeah. 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 It doesn't necessarily mean that I was any better or more talented than anyone. I was in the right place at the right time and all of these things like, worked out for me. You've got to put yourself in that place, haven't you? You do. You yeah. have to really put yourself out there. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I still am kind of baffled by mm. everything. Mm. <sighs> the sun's gone in. Nice, <laughs> You've got to change all your lighting now. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've got a load of lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what else is interesting. Um, like, I used to, like, mid-twenties, starting a business, got to have a clear vision, got to have an end goal, got to have an outcome. Right, that's what right. the teacher, that's what the entrepreneurs say. Uh -huh. Got to be focused, and it's useful advice. But, but, like, sometimes something comes into your life which you hadn't planned for, but it's better than your plan. Yeah. And you wanted to dance, and you took mm. something that seemed to be... So it's okay also to dance with the unknown and take opportunities that are maybe... Yeah, it's like a hard work couple with, like, a lot of risk-taking, like... It's just like, you know, I left school and I've been slated for that. And I've had a really hard time for that because I left school when I was 15. I didn't, I don't have any qualifications. Like, and it was hard for my mum and it was hard for me. And, Who wouldn't and it, leave school to go and game the phone? People say that, but yeah. people wouldn't. You, like, parents would take their kids out, you know, it happens. And, you know, my mum was supportive enough to be like, no, this is, this is what we're going to do. And, mm. and I think, you know, she took a risk and it worked. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm not saying everyone, like, jump out of school and don't go. Like, that's not the advice at all. But I think sometimes you're presented with an opportunity that's just too good to turn down. And, and people do live their lives thinking, damn it, like, what if I had done that? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've been lucky enough that so far I've taken risks and they've worked out. And mm. I think, yeah, you know, as much as you, are, you should be driven and you should work hard and you should have a plan, I think there are times when... 
the world just like throws that off course and you can either go, yeah, that's what I should be doing or you can go, no, I'm going to stick on this plan. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any easy way of making that decision, but yeah. it is just the way it goes. Yeah. And on that note, um, I think you said something along the lines of you learn more doing Game of Thrones than you could have learned in any classroom. Is mm, that right? Yeah, I have so said that. What are those things you learn? Um, like be like how to I, I don't know it might sound like simple but like just like how to be social like how to um, be like a member of society like I grew up a lot quicker than I would have um, and like you know I was working at age 12 like I was in a working environment and although you know I was doing child hours and you know I was protected I think like coming out of a classroom where you have to ask to go to the bathroom and like going into like the adult world and yeah, like I just, it just is lessons that that you can't learn in the classroom, and and um, the people that I've met, and the stories that I've heard, and the lessons that I've learned through other humans rather than you know the typical lesson of like what's cosine, you know. Mm. I think um, it's just been so detrimental in like shaping the girl that I am, and. Um, I'm so grateful for that because I think you leave school and you do have a moment of like, what is, you know, what is the world? And I think, you know, I was lucky enough to experience so much of that um, before, you know, the time. And I, and yeah, it's just amazing, really. So you didn't feel like you missed any of your childhood, like some people who are successful young look back and think they missed some of it? I I do, but I don't think that it was a bad thing. I, I I miss a lot of things and it was... Um, you know, there's things that I don't like about that, having, you know, missed out on. But the things that I was doing instead, it's just who I am now. It's just shaped me to be a different person. And I don't know that one of them is better than the other. It's just the way that it was. Um, yeah, I, I used to get FOMO all the time. I used to always just be like, oh, I just want to go to my friend's birthday party and, you know, have a crush on this boy at school. And, and a lot of them were looking at you going, I just wish I was an actress. Of course. Yeah, it's yeah. just like the grass is always greener, I guess, in that yeah. sense. Um, but, like, I don't, you know, I'm not furious at the world because I wasn't allowed to be a child. Like, yeah. it wasn't bad. I had a great time. Um, it's just I am a different person to the girl that I would have been. Yeah. Cool. Well, I could stay here all day, but your coffee is nearly empty. And I know. I People are always, like, whenever I have, like, a coffee when I'm doing an interview, people are like, how is that coffee still hot? And I like cold coffee, mm. okay? It's what I enjoy. I'm not judging you. No judgment. I'm a, I'm a big coffee diva, so... Um, yeah, you right. wouldn't be drinking there. No. Tastes like gravy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we discussed earlier, it'll be something I will ponder for the rest of my life. So we've got a few quick fires. Okay, great. Now, you can answer them as long as you like, but you can also answer them really quick. Oh, one of your hairs is on my... Um, Sorry. ...iPad, is it? Right? Shedding. Yeah. The wife will... is not yeah. that hair colour, so we will me. get rid of that. Um, okay, cool. So I've got I've got three questions from our community and there's a quick fire. Great. Ask them how you want or don't or do or whatever. Okay. Um, so, do you manage your money, investments and do you plan for retirement? Um, I do uh, with my mum, but then also like professional advisors, but it's usually just me and my mum going, what should we do? Mm. <laughs> Where should we yeah. go next? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, there is a, a good book on that called Money. It's a really good book. I'll have a look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I pitched my book. Um, all right, cool. Um, business lessons you've learned from Game of Thrones. Anything that sort of you carried over to Daisy? Um, 
Yeah, like have fun, enjoy your money, but like be smart about it because it's not going to hang around forever. Mm. Particularly in the world of being an actor, it's very fun to like go out and party yeah, and get imagine. private jets, but like it's not important. No, <laughs> like, that money will go down very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I think just like, I don't know if that's really coming to Daisy at all. Like it's, I don't make money from Daisy yet, but like, yeah, yeah I guess like Daisy has been an investment in itself where it's like, what, where do I want to spend my time and my money? Mm. Um, not on stupid clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right then. Um, the commercial side of Game of Thrones, dealing with agents, media, showrunners, production companies, mm. blah, blah, blah. What's that like? Um, it's difficult unless you have the right team. And I'm so sick of talking to my actor friends that are like, oh, my agent is making me do this, or my publicist. And I'm like, just get rid of them. Bin them. There's no need. Or can't to... you just say, no, I'm not doing it? Well, if you you should be able to like it's your people are working for you at yeah. the end of the day, and although it's a team effort and they are your team, you don't I, get on I with have people. an agent, and all of the Game of Thrones actors and actresses wanted to do this podcast, but I said no to them all. You're like, so that we could get you. Not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is true. Just because you have an agent, which I do, doesn't mean you have to say yes. Exactly, exactly. And I think like at the end of the day, they work for you, and if you've got to do what makes you comfortable, and um. Yeah, no one should be able to tell you. You're the one that's doing it. You're the one that's doing these interviews. And if you feel uncomfortable, no one should be making you do that. Yeah. It's not your job. You're an actor. You're not. You don't have to be, you know, mm. a face of the world. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Best advice you've ever received? Best advice you've ever received? Well... Or good advice. Yeah. That's um, a lot of pressure, isn't it? The best advice. Um, I had some really good advice, which was handling like the online world. Like I really, I don't struggle with it anymore. But I used to like be very opinionated and not really be able to work myself, speak very well, or like still can't. Um, but I used to, I never came across very well in print because I would, you know, just say things that didn't sound right. So I had this advice, which was like, if you respect someone, then listen to their opinion on you, and if you don't respect them, then don't listen to their opinion on you. So that really helped with sort of online trolls because it was like all these people would end up really getting me down. I thought, actually, I don't know that person. I don't you respect them. A lot of that. Not just yeah. not because of you, but because of who you are. <laughs> because I'm you? awful. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's just hard. It's, it's really hard. It is a minefield, and it is difficult, and it's very easy to say the wrong thing, and it's, people are always going to be upset with things that you've said. So, um, I always celebrate. Sorry to jump in. No, um, please but do. But like, um, people who are in my communities, once they get their first cr troll, critic, or hater, I tell them to celebrate. Because what, what they think people that people care. Yeah, people it's care. They yeah. care about them. They're, they're, they're good marketing for yeah. them. But also, like that's Successfully just successfully managed to wind someone up. It's yeah. great. Right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, if you want to be bigger, it's going to be more. So it's just practice. Yeah, exactly. So it was just that advice of like because you know you can be in a storm of something, a Twitter storm. Um, but when it starts to like really affect you internally, like that's bad. Like don't let, like, that's not important. So um, yeah, just you know, being able to deal with all of that better has really made me a happier person. How have you dealt with it better? I don't listen to people that I don't respect. Right. So if you like don't respect you. them, you just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like their opinion, you, you it doesn't. Say, like, <laughs> I did. It was very oh, quiet. I it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Ow, I'm kidding. Good. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, and then and then it just makes it a lot easier to because then when you are actually not being a nice person and someone you respect goes, what are you doing? You go, oh god, yeah, what am I doing? And it's really easy to then like differentiate between yeah. when you're actually not saying things right and when people are just being sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> and I think also uh, if you think, how will I feel about what I said? in a week because mm. we all say the stuff in the heat of the emotions the email we can't get back yeah. flipping out at someone that we can't take back yeah yeah but um, if, you, if you feel good about it in a week say it do it yeah if you don't feel good about it in yeah. a week yeah very very true don't say it 
Yeah, makes it a lot easier. It's another piece of advice. Next time I'm asked that question, I'll say that. Yeah, make sure you quote me. <laughs> <laughs> Rob says. All right, cool. What's the worst advice you've ever received? I've had some great answers to this one, so it's a shit question, but it gets good answers. What's um, the worst advice I've ever received? <laughs> Come out with me tonight, it'd be great fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's never that fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I cool. don't know. What's that? No, it's good. Um, someone said, I, I don't know because I don't listen to bad advice. Well, that was quite a good one as well. That was a good one. What is wrong with the world you feel is wrong with the world you'd like to change? Oh my God, there's so much. So, yeah. Well, um, at the moment, things. I'm really, really, particularly because we've been in this heat wave, everyone's like, how nice has this weather been? Which makes me really sad because the world is literally burning in front of us and yeah. people still don't care. Um, so I guess w what is wrong, if I was going to really pinpoint what is wrong with the world? None of us are using our words and like communicating with like the opposite side of you know how we can change the state of our environment. Mm. It's just a shouting match between people who believe in global warming and people who don't. Mm. There needs to be a better way of working together. Yeah. Um, specifically targeted to the state of the environment. Mm. It's really quite sad. Yeah. Actually gets me so down. Like, yeah. it is something that keeps me awake at night. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> I should. hate it. I think, I think what generally I've noticed tends to happen is people who get in a good position where they can leverage brand or influence, mm. they can misuse that, or they often use that for good causes. So I follow a cricketer called Kevin Peterson who's really really into stopping people killing rhinos. Leo, Leo DiCaprio right. is mm -hmm. really into, and a lot of people with good influencers standing up going, do you know what? It's easy for us to live our yeah. own life, one of eight billion people mm. not thinking about the bigger picture, but maybe we should think about the bigger picture. It, yeah, it's so huge. And like, it is something that's like very, it, I get overwhelmed by it very easily because you do feel so helpless and you can just Small. see the yeah. problem just think like why we need to do something yeah mm. I guess I should just spend more time less time worrying about it and more time actually doing something about it yeah yeah that's good advice <laughs> for oneself um, yeah you just reminded me didn't it did you make an actual kill list sort of yeah yeah kind of like I um had these two maths teachers at school right and I loved maths until I had these two teachers and they were on it yeah. I don't actually want to kill anyone. No. I don't actually hate anyone. Actually, no, I don't think I do. <laughs> no, no politicians or no, like... No. no. Because at the end of the day, like, hating people and being angry at people, like, it doesn't make them change their minds. Mm. Like, you have, to, you have to talk to people like they're human yeah. beings, even if their opinions are so far on the other end of the scale, because they're looking at you thinking the exact same mm. thing. Yeah. We're, all, we're only as fast as our slowest walker in this world. Mm. Like... Yeah. It doesn't matter how much good you're doing, if you're not working together, then the problem is still there. Like, yeah. you have to communicate with one another and, and like, change people's mindsets. Yeah. Um, and what a lot of people think communication actually is, is me trying to convince you that my opinion is right. Yeah, it's not. Who says it is? It's like this compromise. It's mm. like playground childishness of, like... What's the problem? Well, they took my toy. Well, you'll let's sit and talk about it and we'll apologize and we'll come to an agreement. You can have it five minutes and you can. So, I mean, I don't know if that I'd like, but that same sort of like notion of like people that 
have different opinions, I think that it's like something that we need to yeah. address rather than it just being a shouting match. Mm. I keep touching my mic, I apologise. Oh, Dale, these guys are good at what they do. <laughs> um, and also, these maths teachers, right? I think that they're your best friends. Because if they'd have got you really into maths, you, got, you might have got into maths, and then you might not have got into Game of Thrones because no. you were so good at maths. Yeah. So actually, maybe they've been... Maybe they were just doing me a huge favour. Yeah. What advice would you give to young people or people who want to get ahead in the world? Oh, God. There's so much, I think. Um... So recently, um, I was given this gift and it was a necklace and it said loved on it. Um, and I think that that was like something that was really important for me. And I think it can kind of relate to a lot of things in life and like a lot of, I just think like to do with your mental health mainly, which is ultimately what's in jeopardy all the time when you're like, a young person um, because there's so much pressure to you know do well in life and and to succeed and you know and I think that like it a lot of the time your mental health is like at risk um, so just to remember that you are loved mm. by the people around you and you are supported and no matter how hard things get within whatever it is you're doing in life like I think to remember that is so important um, because it can just all get a bit much sometimes. Yeah. I feel like that was really horrible advice, but I just no, think great. it's true. <laughs> no, no, great. Um, this podcast is called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. The dis word disruptive, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, you're talking to the girl that's got Little Rascal yeah, written on her. I to ask about that. <laughs> um, How did you get the typewriter to get it on your arm? <laughs> um, Edit that one out. <laughs> I, I thought that was a red ant for a while. The 17, is it 17? 79. What does 79 mean? Um, that that's one's the year kind I was born, of. By the way, that's what it is. That's a sign. Yeah, mm. I was like, I got it just before I came here today. Oh, cool! Because yeah. you did a big research. <laughs> yeah. No, um, they all mean different things. Yeah. So what does seventy nine mean? <laughs> it's a long story. It's alright. We've got time. <laughs> um, no, because it makes me sound like it, it makes me sound. Okay, so myself and my flatmate, we bought a flat together, um, and it was really hard to buy a flat together because usually you can't do that unless you are related or unless you're married. Mm. We're just two mates. We bought a house together. Um, I own. He, it was his idea to get the numbers. He got a pie chart actually with like 21% cut out of it, but I yeah. thought it looked like a clock, so I didn't want to get that. <laughs> so he was like, just get 79 then. But now I've got 79 written on my and I own 79% of the house. And oh. it kind of just sounds like, oh, <laughs> but it's not. And so, uh, yeah, so that's why I got 79. Um, little rascal. Little rascal, because I feel like I'm in that stage of my life yeah. where I'm like really am being just a little rascal to people. Mm. Um, if I had more courage, I'd do a tattoo. But what would it say? A, um, the disruptive entrepreneur. I think that'd be a bit egocentric, wouldn't it, to tattoo the name of my podcast on me? Yeah, but the tattoo, could, like, it could have been first that you were like, I am... It could be just disruptive. Disruptive, yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing. So to answer your question, I think that just being disruptive is actually great. Well, I mean, unless it's on, like, the night tube, in which case, shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't stand it. Um, yeah, I think... 
disruptive within those situations, like you know the entrepreneurial world, I think yeah. is very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And where should people follow you? I mean, you've got I think <laughs> the world following you on social media. Yeah, if, I'm on for the Instagram. For that aren't following. I'm you. on Instagram where you can see lots of pictures of my dog. He's very cute. I'm on Twitter where I talk about absolute nonsense um, and I'm on YouTube where I'm about to do a video where I become 1% Yorkshire pudding so <laughs> if you're interested in any of those things then please follow me I'm just Maisie underscore Williams yeah. brilliant thank you very much <laughs> thank you thank lovely you. to talk with yeah, you you too <laughs> well that was fun I hope you enjoyed it I did I had a great time yeah. lovely way to spend the afternoon yeah, yeah. cool thank you alright thank you very much